Welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, we're going to talk about some comments made by a former Panther regarding Cam Newton and how the Panthers organization may have failed him. And we'll also discuss some a little bit of buzz around Jamal Adams, potentially a target of the Panthers. We'll talk about that. Whether <laughs> yeah, I'm buzzing. <laughs> We'll talk about whether or not that's uh, you know realistic. What should the Panthers do? What should they not do? Um, but we want to start off with a little bit of business, I guess. Uh, you'll notice at the beginning of the podcast, you did not hear the standard Big Heads Media bump. Uh, this podcast is no longer a part of Big Heads Media. Nope, not at all. Uh, Steven and I had some discussions, and we decided to go in a different direction. We felt that, you know, it wasn't really benefiting our listeners, the network we are on. They were promoting a lot of, you know, podcasts that I didn't think were relevant, and you didn't either. No. Uh, we don't need to be advertising for a Chicago Bears podcast on our podcast. No. On our Carolina yeah. Panthers podcast. <laughs> so we are actually moving on and joining another one, uh, STG Network, and it's going to be more of a Charlotte sports-based network so there's going to be a hornets podcast and a nascar formula one you know they're looking for some other podcast local charlotte ones like charlotte knights if they have some so if you're interested and have a podcast that's local sports you know reach out to them yeah this uh sports talk garage is the full name of that podcast network and we'll have some more information you know in the coming episodes but uh yeah like jerry said local to charlotte so should give us a little more, uh, you know, when we're promoting other podcasts, it's going to be more relevant to you, the listener. Uh, and then when they're promoting our podcasts, it'll be more relevant to them, uh, to their listeners, you know, to come over here and listen to us. So very excited about that. Uh, we had a long call with the guys running the network the other day, and they seem really cool. Uh, and they run a uh, Sports Talk Garage podcast. So they actually had a very a recent episode where they interviewed Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers. So go check that out. Uh, it was really cool. Not too much Panthers talk on that episode. Just a lot about Mick Mixkin, how he got started, and uh, you know where he sees the future going with the pandemic and all that stuff. So really cool episode. Check that out. Um, so business out of the way. Let's talk Panthers football. A little bit of news came out recently, you know, with no sports going on. This probably got a lot more buzz than it normally would have. But The Athletic did an article a few days ago where they interviewed several Panthers players, asked a lot of different questions. But one of the things, and one of the people that they interviewed was Mike Tolbert. And one of the questions that they asked was if the Panthers failed Cam Newton, uh, you know, by letting him go too late, whatever the, the situation may be. And Mike Tolbert said the following. They've been doing him wrong timing-wise for the last two or three years, if you ask me. It goes back to his shoulder surgery. Everyone knew his shoulder was messed up in the middle of the year two years ago. But they wait until the offseason gets ready to start to have uh, shoulder surgery. Makes no sense. Timing's off. 
as soon as he got hurt last preseason against the Patriots, they were saying, oh, it's just a high ankle sprain. If you looked at the film carefully, not a high ankle sprain. You could tell that 10 minutes after the play, you knew it was a midfoot sprain, something like that. But you wait till December for him to beg you to have surgery. He shouldn't have been out there week one and two. He shouldn't have been out there probably until week four or five at minimum. End quote. Jerry, your immediate thoughts to hearing that. Yeah, I agree 100% with Toldozer. I've been screaming it for a while that this organization did Cam wrong. Uh, I always, I'm a big Panthers fan, but exactly what he said. And then you got to think too, they never surrounded him with a good offensive line. They never surrounded him with good wide receivers. I don't understand, you know, how he did as well as he did with this organization not behind him. Yeah, I mean, just look at his best season, 2015. Uh, just go back and look at the wide receivers on that team. Look Philly at who, Brown was starting. Philly Brown started week one and, and you know, was one of the best receivers for the team. Philly Brown, I don't think, has played since then on any team. I, I think he was with Buffalo for a season. But still, well, yeah. one team for a season or two is not going to be... Back then, Buffalo you know, wasn't an actual NFL team, though. They were more like a development league team. <laughs> <laughs> that but was yeah. before McDermott. Something kind of interesting jumped out at me. What, you know, we and we've talked about this. You know, even before we had this podcast, we wondered why Cam waited so long to have that shoulder surgery. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. distinctly remember you and I talking about that. Like, why is he waiting until like March? I think it was March or April of that year to have shoulder surgery, where you know you're not going to be ready for training camp. You know, it puts him way behind the eight ball. But Tolbert is suggesting that that was the Panthers' call. So. Uh, my question here is: Is it the Panthers, or was it Ron Rivera, or his? You know, are those guys gone, or are they in Matt Rule's organization? Because that's going to be a big component. Because a player may not want to come here if they think it's mismanaged. Yeah, I think from my understanding is Rivera took all of the training staff with him. Um, so uh, you know, but if if you know, Doctor. Anderson, I think, is the one that did the shoulder surgery. If he's the guy recommending this to Cam, I mean, he's still around. He's not with the team. So I'm not sure. Um, but we obviously we know that Rivera was the one that made the call to bring Cam in week one of last year when he had that Liz Frank injury, which just aggravated it. You know, mm-hmm. he got hurt, you know, during week one, aggravated it. So that obviously was not Cam's call. But this is, again, suggesting that the Panthers are the ones making this call and Cam's having to beg them to have surgery to that's news to me because I just assumed that Cam was the one hoping that it would get better and not wanting to have the surgery. And I always held that against Cam for waiting so long to do those surgeries. Uh, But if this is the case, then I'm even more glad that Rivera and that whole regime is gone. Yeah, I am too. That is such an important thing. I, I remember wondering why we trotted him out there the first week because if it was that serious and they knew it was that serious, they should have never put him out there. They should have went ahead and held him out. I think we even said that at the beginning of last year is, hey, if this is a bad, hold him out. Let's get him for the last leg of the you know season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, not only the, the shoulder surgery, but we remember, you know, when Cam hurt that shoulder back in 2016, 
and the Panthers had no chance of making the playoffs, and Rivera just kept him out there. Yeah. Kept him playing. And the same was, thing happened. Yeah, I mean, it just... He should have been benched like three or four games yeah. before he actually was benched. It made no sense. And everybody we really knew it. Out of the, we had a 1% chance. Let's keep playing them. No, it's right. time to pack it in. Right. And even if you do have that 1% chance, you know, a, a cam that's 40% healthy is not going to improve your chances. Like, you're not going to win with that. So, yeah, that that was interesting. Um, I, I do encourage everybody to go read the full article. I mean, I think they had, like, uh, Wesley Walls, um, I think Jake DeLome, several former Panthers players that were just basically talking about the organization uh, and things, you know, that have happened during their time there. But, you know, even even with the Rivera thing, and he's gone now, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. But even with Cam, you know, David Tepper publicly questioning whether or not Cam was healthy, Matt Rule saying that he was unbelievably excited to work with Cam. And then a couple weeks later he's being released. You know, it just seems like the whole franchise, regardless of who's owning it, regardless of who's coaching it, has kind of been shitty to Cam. Yeah. Uh, even the Panther fans, like, they have not really, even when, he just never got rallied the fans here either. Yeah. There was a strong support for him, but there was also other fans that were 100% against him, even during 2015, as soon as he had a bad game, let's jump on him. Yeah, big anti, yeah, yeah, big anti-cam contingent. You know, they didn't like him kneeling out there between plays. Which I didn't really like either. Uh, they didn't like his towel over the head. I mean, that was from the very beginning. They didn't like the towel over the head. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't like his post game wardrobe. Like they just found anything to not like about Cam, regardless of how well he was performing on the field. So maybe it's better for Cam that he just gets a fresh start somewhere else. I really hope he gets a nice fresh start and he can go start somewhere. I hate to see him win a Super Bowl with another team, but I wouldn't mind it at the same time for him as a person. He's always seemed like a legitimate good. Yeah, I just hope he gets an opportunity to start somewhere. And he's not just sitting at, sitting on the bench for the next three or four years. And just wasting, you know, especially if he's healthy, just wasting his talent. That'd be, that'd be terrible. Uh, by the way, Tolbert was not the only one in this article that said the Panthers mismanaged Cam, so... Uh, again, I, rec- I recommend anyone goes. I think you get like a free two or three month subscription to the Athletic. It it does cost per year, but it's worth it. I love the articles. So, um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Tolbert's no, comments? I, I, or I completely agree with Tolbert and everybody else that chimed in. Like I said, this or I was screaming for a long time that this team surrounded him with no playmakers. Yeah. And they waited till he was so injury prone to actually get some some playmakers around him, wide receiver DJ Moore and you know Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, think about it. those guys have come in the past three years. Before that, the only one he really had was Steve Smith, and they shipped him off after one year. That's funny. I mean, they they took away his best weapon that he ever had, you know, on the team at least until McCaffrey came, and they le- they left him with nothing. 
you know, so even outside of injuries, they just really kind of screwed up his career. The guy had all the physical tools in the world to, and when he came in that first season, I mean, just lit the league on fire and just never fully realized his potential outside of that one year, 2015. I'll always wonder if I've been a big supporter of Ron Rivera, but I kind of wonder if him and his coaching staff really derailed Cam Newton Hall of Fame potential. I still think Cam will be a Hall of Famer, uh, especially if he does have sort of a second career here post-Panthers. But even if he doesn't, all the records that he's set, you know, all the rushing records that he has as a quarterback, he does have the MVP, he went to a Super Bowl. I think he's borderline Hall of Fame right now, honestly, if he never played another down in the NFL. But we'll see. I would I would say he's outside. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, we unfortunately we may get we may see. Yeah. He may never play again, honestly. I don't know. He's he, I think he'll play again. He's just waiting for the right opportunity and so people can come and get him a physical. Would you say that there is a 100% chance that Cam Newton plays in the NFL again? Absolutely not. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. A hundred percent chance? No, yeah. I would say it's about a ninety ninety five percent chance. But but isn't even is chance even even saying that isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, he's only he's only thirty years old. Two years ago, at the beginning <laughs> of the season, he was an M, another MVP candidate. Yeah, he was having a great year. Yeah. P- personally, I think that's a little overrated that year. That's a discussion for another time, I guess. But um, he was certainly throwing the ball well ish uh anyway let's move on so we are actually going to discuss a article that was brought up in the panthers wire panthers wire by tim weaver panthers should call the jets about jamal adams this actually caused a little bit of conflict between you and me because on twitter we share the you know (laughs) meow mix podcast I was saying that the, we shouldn't trade for Jamal Adams while you were using the same Twitter account to say that we should. Yeah. So A little confusing to those the, looking at our Twitter account. Like, what is wrong with these people? That we can't get on the same page. So now we're going to discuss our pros and cons. I'm going to be no. You're going to be four. I'll kick it off. Hell yeah, the Panthers should go get Jamal Adams. He's young. He has an incredibly high PFF score every year that he's played. He fits right into the mold of Panthers going after young guys to sort of rebuild the team. He is arguably, I don't know if you call him a superstar at the position, but he's certainly among the best in the league at his position, which is safety. And it's a position that we could upgrade at, honestly. Our secondary is bad right now. Very bad. So bringing in anybody who is as good a player as Jamal Adams has to be something that we look at. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and say Jamal Adams is probably one of the top two safeties in the league with Jamal or Derwin James being probably above him, but could also be. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I feel weird saying that a safety is a superstar, but I guess when you're looking at that position, he is. There you go. That's part of my issue. Safety. He wants to be one of the highest paid safeties in the league. 
Eddie Jackson is making $14.6 million per season. Uh, Kevin Bayard makes 14.1. He wants to make about $15 million per season. Mm-hmm. All right? That's the where this whole thing starts out for. So we're going to have to pay him that. Yes, we ha- are going to have a lot of cap room after this season. But right now, we're only sitting at $6 million under the cap. We have still lots of needs for $6 million. We are starting Dante Jackson and I, I can't think of the rookie's name. Troy Pride? Maybe. Maybe. So, or, or Cornelder. So, right now, that's what we're sitting at. Now then, we went ahead and moved up in the draft to draft Jeremy Chin, who's a safety who we both love a lot. Then, they went ahead and spent another draft pick on Kenny Robinson from the XFL West Virginia, who I really like and think he can be a solid contributor and eventually be a starter somewhere. And we also just signed Trey Boston to a long-term contract. I love Jamal Adams. Top-tier safety, great player. Complains about his contract a lot, but he wants money. Would he make this team better if he was on it? Yes. Do I think they should try to trade for him right now on this roster? No. It's also going to take a first and a third round pick. That's what the rumors are. At least a first round pick. But to get rid of your first and third round pick for next year, when you know you're going to probably have a top 10 pick, I think it would be dumb to make that move. So tell me again what you think the compensation would have to be to get from Jamal what, Adams. From what I've heard, rumor-wise, is it's going to cost at least a first and a third round pick. So if that's the case, then yes, I would agree. We don't we don't need to go get him. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there's any way that the Jets get a first round pick for Jamal Adams. You just said he's a, <clears throat> one of the top few yes, safeties in the league. I agree. And again, they have no leverage. The Jets have no leverage. He does not want to be there. They're not going to pay him. Oh, the Jets have plenty of leverage. He has nope. two years left on his contract, and then he has the franchise tag. Yes, but what I'm saying, Jerry. <laughs> no, that's called leverage, sir. Get your get your logic out of here. Here's <laughs> here's some of the here's some of the trades that possibilities that I've seen. We could trade a second and a fourth. For Jamal Adams. That's a realistic trade. That's I've seen that making the rounds. Another trade that I actually like even more is we trade Trey Boston a fourth and a sixth for Jamal Adams. Okay. Now okay. if we could if we could do that, if that was let me just ask you this. If that was the trade, we trade Trey Boston and a couple of mid round picks are you would you be happy with that knowing that we've got jamal adams if that was the case i'd be okay with it again he's a top tier safety right but at the same time where are we gonna find this extra cap room i guess we can we don't have to sign him right now luke keekley's dead cap but that's what he wants but look okay excuse me we don't have to pay him right now yeah that's why he wants traded no he wants he wants the extension right but did you see, uh, we gave Christian McCaffrey a big extension, right? Did you mm-hmm. see where the money is allocated? 
It's all post his fifth year, which will be the same thing with Jamal Adams. It'll all be post fifth year. He'd get a big signing bonus right up front, but that doesn't count against the cap immediately. It's all spread out. So we wouldn't be paying him $14 million in cap space this year. Just like McCaffrey is only counting like, what, 3 or $4 million in cap space this year. Right? So once all that money falls off, we've got plenty of it three or four years from now to pay all that money. Christian McCaffrey is $7.7 million okay. against the cap. That's fine. I mean, that's still, I mean, that's probably normal for a first round eighth overall pick, right? Jamal Adams is probably going to be very similar to that for this year. And Jamal Adams is what? Same draft class, right? As Christian uh, McCaffrey? I think so, actually. Was he the fourth pick, I believe? Uh, researching music. <laughs> <laughs> he was sixth pick. Sixth pick. Sixth pick. Of the 2017 NFL draft. The eighth yeah. pick of the 2017 NFL draft was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So his current draft cap hit would be seven million. So we'd have to cut a couple players just to make room for him. Which we're going to do. I mean, all I these mean, things are going to be restructured anyway. There's going to be free agents that we sign between now and the beginning of the season. I mean, it's going to happen. It always happens. I love the player. I just don't think it's the right fit at this time. That's that's the only thing I can say. And my counter would be, if you can get a guy like that, you make it work. If the compensation is right. Now, I don't, you know, I don't want to give up a first and a third. That's too much. But if you can make the compensation work to where we retain our first round pick next year and we get way better. I mean, even if we had to give up our first round pick next year, we're not going to have the number one overall pick. We're, we're not, not getting. Gonna have we're them. not getting Lawrence. But I predict we're gonna have probably a top ten pick and maybe even a top five pick. I mean, Vegas has us picking, you know, top five, have us only with three or four wins. Yeah, but you and I, but we've talked about it, and I don't know that I see us only. I don't. I don't see us any being any worse than we were this past year. I just don't see it. I mean, I so do. maybe a, I, I maybe think, a pick at the later end of the. Going to be scary with. Our, Not if you corner- add Jamal Adams. See, with our <laughs> cornerbacks, but see, Jamal Adams didn't do much for the Jets winning and losses. Well, he's only one player. Exactly. But he does improve a spot that we desperately need improving on. Now, you're you're talking Jeremy Chin, right? Is, is Jeremy Chin your main argument here is you think that adding... I, th- I think the team has already attempted to address this while well, we haven't addressed anything at corner we haven't addressed anything at linebacker for the future tahir whitehead is a holding spot yeah and jeremy chin could play that tahir whitehead spot jeremy chin is a swiss army knife so if you take jeremy chin away from safety then you're left with a hole and we signed a guy in free agency what was his name burris yeah who knows i never heard of him before this year He's not the long-term answer. No. But no, no, Jamal no. Adams could very easily be the long-term answer. So, again, I don't want to give up a first-round pick. I think that's too much. But if you could get him for a second-round pick and a mid-round pick or a Trey Boston and a couple of mid-round picks, 
I'm 100% for it, even if you do have to make him the highest paid corner. or the, I'm sorry, the highest paid safety in the league. There's no corners out there. If there were a corner out there that was just as good as Jamal Adams, I'd be saying the same thing. In fact, I'd be even harder on that Oh yeah, you know, if corner, it, there's a and you would be there, too. I would even say yeah. get rid of our first round pick next year. Right. So, but they've but they've always tried to work the safety position, and I'm I guess I also want that huge cap room next year, because with that huge cap room, I think we can make a couple moves, maybe grab a stud corner or re-sign Robbie Anderson if he blows up with us, uh, maybe yeah. get a couple guys in here. Yeah, I don't know. Stud corners just don't come around that often, you know, no. on free agency. Here's here's the third trade option that I saw. Tell me what you think about this one. Panthers get Jamal Adams. We give up KK Short and a third round pick next year. KK Short making a crap ton of money. That he is the highest paid player on our team. Yeah, he is. He he's a cap pivot of nineteen million dollars. Yeah. Mm, that would be tough. I th- I would actually have to probably say go for it, even though we have no other defensive tackle on this team. Well, we but, got Brown. We just drafted one who could be the next KK short. Well, yeah, Brown, but who's going to play alongside him? That's what I meant. Sorry, not in our starting defensive tackle besides Brown. And it, but with KK short going in being thirty one. I would say do it. That's actually probably the trade scenario I like the least, to be honest. Hmm. Um, Because I think having a super strong defensive line makes the secondary's weakness a little less apparent. And if KK Short can be healthy and Derek Brown's as good as they say he is, and, you know, the uh, Gross Matos can come in and be a quality yeah, can be a quality edge rusher you know and uh burns can come in and do something and then you got chin and uh shack in the middle i mean you know ne- you never know like something could happen so that that's probably the one i like the least i think i'd like to keep kk around but you know he's got two years left on his deal mm-hmm and, and like you said, he's big... 31. Yeah. And it's a big cap hit. I mean, even if we paid, even if we made Jamal Adams the highest paid safety in the league, we'd still save money. And he hasn't had the best season since past couple of years, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, last year was a wash, right? Because he got hurt super early. So. 2018, he had three sacks. Uh, oh, it doesn't do me tackle for loss on this. Uh, but the year before that. Uh, seven and a half sacks. So 2017, he had a really good season. I seem and, to remember he had a pretty good season 2018 too. He just didn't get a ton of sacks. But I think he still did. He still make. Yeah, he still. Uh, well, no. He, yeah, he made the Pro Bowl in 2018. Actually, he made the Pro Bowl in 2018. He did not make the Pro Bowl in 2017, where he had more sacks. So I don't know. But KK Short's widely considered to be one of the better defensive tackles in the league. So having the pair of those guys up front, if Derek Brown matches what they say he could, I think is better for the defense than having Jamal Adams back there. Hmm. So I don't know. And again, 
uh, KK also on 2018, he lost star. And I think that was a huge thing, and I'm hoping Derek Brown can really fill in for that. Right, that's true. Yeah, Derek Brown, I mean, could be better than Star. So, if that's the case, sign me up. All right. Um, I don't know where we landed with that. I think we're still both probably entrenched in our positions. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say that I think either one. It sounds like if the compensation is too high, I'm on your corner. And if the compensation is right, you're on my corner, depending on what yeah. it is. So, again, it's all, it all, Adams comes is down a great the, player. No one's yeah. email us here that say that right. we are horrible. And if you have any comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com with your comments on it, too. And we can read them on the air. Yeah, or DM us on Twitter at meowmixpodcast. Uh, we're trying to be as active on Twitter as we can right now with two young babies working and uh, a pandemic. So, yeah, <laughs> and no sports, you know, and it's a no little sports. hard. So, speaking of our secondary, let's take a quick break and then we're going to talk about if we should go ahead and try to fix our secondary or if we should leave it alone. And we are back. So let's talk about this secondary. It is by far the most or the the weakest point on this entire team. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. It's Jerry, the strongest. You're wrong. <laughs> so so let's just go ahead and caveat this by saying, yes, we know eventually at some point the Panthers are going to have to address the secondary, whether it's this year or next year or the year after or whatever the case may be. We don't want the secondary to suck this bad forever. So we're talking for the year 2020, correct? Well, I think we're do- talking about this year and the future. I we're talking about the whole organization on what we should do for the safety or secondary. But we're talking about what we're doing this year, not just for this year, but th- what we're going to be doing, looking at yes. the current state of the roster and improving it for this year and beyond. Correct. Okay. Um my thought would be leave it as is. For this year, unless we can get Jamal Adams at a decent price. Um, And, by the way, if we can get Jamal Adams at a decent price, I think that changes my thoughts. So, as of right now, if we don't do any more moves in terms of getting a major upgrade in any of these positions, I say let the young guys play. We drafted an entire team full of defense, you know, in our draft. We've got young guys everywhere including the secondary. Right now, our secondary looks like it's going to be Dante Jackson and Corn Elder at the corners. Those are the penciled-in starters right now. Trey Boston and Jeremy Chin at safeties. Um, Shaq Thompson and Tahir Whitehead at linebacker. And then Brian Burns also list, listed as a linebacker. So, um, Let the young guys play. Let them get experience. Save the money. If we're going to suck this year, we're going to suck regardless of if we sign one good corner. Yep. I'm very similar to you. I don't think we can go out and sign a Logan Ryan. I think he's going to cost too much. But I do think we need to bring in someone just to continue to push some of these guys. Dante Jackson doesn't seem to be a locker room leader. And the guy I'm about to mention isn't a locker room leader either. (laughs) 
but he's all the things that Matt Rule is looking for right now. And I'm saying bring these guys on in on a one or two year deal where the two year deal is you can just chop them for no real cap hit. Sure. So Do you're I saying have- wait a minute. Oh dang! I was gonna guess. I was gonna say so. He's from Temple or Baylor. <laughs> you say he's everything Matt Rule is looking for. Yeah, no. We've talked about Eli Apple. Apple before. Yeah, Eli Apple. He's twenty-five years old, six foot one. Was his first-round pick from the New York Giants. Uh, I think he has potential. He hasn't really lived up to his potential, but bringing in him in here to see if maybe he can, you know, maybe this organization can fix him, or you know, he plays better here. Another guy, and again, these are all one or two year deals. Nothing big, all low. Another one I was thinking of was Drake Kirkpatrick. Now this is more I want a veteran in that in that cornerback room. He's thirty years old. He's been around the league for a while. Signed to a one or one year deal for a couple million dollars. We only have six million dollars again in cap space. Let him work out there, and then next year let him walk, or if he plays well enough, maybe sign him to another couple-year deal. Deal, And the last name that comes up for me, Javion Elliott. He was here last year. He played pretty well. Another young guy. At least he knows the facility. He knows the guys here. Marty Herney is familiar with him. Maybe bring him back. Let him you know, try to compete for a role. So I'm looking at a list here of the top remaining eligible free agents for Mm -hmm. 2020. Uh, Cam Newton, by the way, number one on that list, but he does not help us out here. Um, Darquez Denard is the top remaining corner. He was with Cincinnati last year. He's 28 years old. He's listed at number four on this list. Um, Eli Apple and Drake Kirkpatrick are 12th and 13, by the way. And... I don't even see Javion Elliott on the list. So another guy that's listed here is... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He is on the list. He's 29. Uh, Tremaine Johnson. A little bit of an older guy. But if you want a veteran presence, he's out there. Uh, Tremont Williams. If you want a much older guy, <laughs> he's 37. But he's out there. Um, so it depends on what you're looking for, right? Are you looking for like a guy to step in and start and take over for corn elder or just you know jackson honestly i really do not want corn elder to start so yeah yeah corn elder couldn't even stay on the team like the last couple of years i've no i i mentioned this on the podcast before but i remember the game in seattle with when dante jackson went out and russell wilson just picked corn elder apart and scored I think it was two or three touchdowns in like the second half and just they won the game because of him. Oh. I mean, I have the obvious answer here. Okay. Ross Cockrell. Yeah, I am fine bringing Ross Cockrell back. Why Why is Ross Cockrell not on this team right now? I don't know. That makes I, no sense to me. He would be cheap and he's a position of massive need. And he could be a locker room guy. He knows the yeah. He knows the players, and they like him from from what I, from all accounts. I mean, he seems like a good guy. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he's twenty eight. He's not any older than any of the other guys we're talking about, other than Eli Apple, who's a little younger, but obviously has some issues. Um, 
Yeah, bring Ross Cockle back. He played very well in his two starts, or three starts, or however many starts he had. He played well in those starts, and as a kind of a reserve to come in, we were never like, oh my god, here comes Cockrell. Hey, they're going to be throwing his way. I mean, he always played well. Yeah. No, I agree. I didn't even think about Cockrell until you just mentioned it, but he, yeah, he's the type of guy I would like to bring back. He's not going to cost you a lot. He's not, you know, a distraction. He plays solidly out there. We're not going to get a Jalen Ramsey or, you know, a stud corner right now. I think that's a solid move, but I don't know. I mean, you're either looking at Tony Pride, who we just, you know, fourth round pick to surprise everyone and come in to start, or you're looking at Corn Elder, or you're hoping that that Kenny Robinson guy can, who, by the way, was drafted as a safety but played a lot of corner in his stint with the uh, in college and in the XFL. You're hoping that one of those three guys can hit. But we know Cornelder's not the guy. No. Right? We don't know anything about the rookies that we drafted. We obviously are hoping that one of them does something. But bring in bring in Ross Cockrell and cut Cornelder. That would be my yeah. solution. <laughs> like, <laughs> How is Cornelder. that guy really on this roster? I know. That's what's really crazy it makes no sense to me um so that that would be my caveat to saying leave the guys alone and let let the young guys play just bring ross cockle back as that veteran presence who can provide some stability to the position and these guys aren't going to make this defense a top tier defense these guys are going to make these defense hey they can play decent defense to oh my god can someone just deflect a pass yeah, uh, Cockrell, just real quick, his stats. He ended up with 62 combined tackles last year, two interceptions, eight pass deflections, and he only gave up 37 receptions on 68 targets. That's pretty damn good. Uh, I think you won me over with Cockrell. I'm not even going to joke. I, I still wouldn't mind taking a look at Eli Apple because, you know, that yeah. contract with Las Vegas Raiders Well, he's, did he's got the, the number one or, you know, uh, first-round pick pedigree and – you know, he actually did have a pretty good season with the Saints, so yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that as long as they could get him at a decent price. I mean, what does he get to cost? Two, three million? I can't imagine that he's going to cost that much right now. I mean, yeah, and as you said, you know, whoever we bring in, we would want it to be one of those two or three year deals that can be cut after one. You know, yeah. right? So, um, okay, well. I think that pretty much wraps yeah, it up for today. I think that's it. Um, good show. Good show. Yep. We'll be back at some point. <laughs> you know, there is there is a little bit of news uh, with, you know, training camps potentially able to start on time, depending on the state. But it sounds like, you know, all the, all the hard-hit states like New York and California have come out and said that they're willing to help the pro teams – start getting back to some sort of normalcy, you know. So it sounds like everybody's sort of ready to bring sports back, at least. So hoping that within the next month, maybe we have some good news on, on that front and can start talking about, you know, training camps. Actual actual stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or any have any ideas for shows, you can email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you're listening now. Everybody stay safe out there. We will be back soon, and until then, keep pounding. Meow, <laughs> meow,